Welcome to Lady Ada. Hey everybody, uh, it's me, Lady Ada. We've got a uh, Monday night, I think it's Monday, right? Monday night, uh, Desk of Lady Ada, here at Hacker O'Clock, which I guess is almost 10 o'clock. Um, we just got back from uh, a long weekend visiting family, so we were out of town this weekend. That's okay, we're going to do a, a quick and eventful Desk of Lady Ada now that we are back in town. Mr. Lady Ada was with me on camera control. Hello. Hello, do you have any updates or news you want to jump no, in? No, we're going to just jump right in. Uh, we'll be on Show & Tell this Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and also Ask an Engineer uh, tonight. We just shifted Desk of Lady to one day so we could uh, try to do this in in the same location. Not trying to do it from... Uh, from a hotel room, not so Yeah, good. so, you know, you know it goes. All yeah. right, so take it away, Lady Ada. Okay. Um, so, a uh, couple. I did get a couple things done right before we... Um, got on a train. So let's go to the overhead real fast. I can show my um, power monitoring kit. Um, so I've got here, um, well, here's another one. Here's the TFT ESP32-S2 Feather. Um, I actually ordered the PCBs for this design and then realized that I'd made a mistake. And um, I did order a stencil, but it was like, I really wanted to fix the mistake. So I just reordered the you know, the PCBs and I'm gonna have to get a new stencil and that's okay. Um, but what happened is um, I have a um, regulator that powers the external I2C connection so you can power and depower it. You can power it on when you want the I2C enabled and depower it when you want to um, uh, go into deep sleep mode. So that would be great for like, you know, you plug in sensors like, you know, this PM2.5 or this um, OLED. And you only power it when you need to, and you don't need to power it, you um, disable the regulator. The mistake I made, though, is I forgot to connect the pull-up resistors um, to the same regulator. And the reason I didn't do that is because there is an onboard battery monitor. And I was like, oh, well, maybe you'd want to read the battery monitor even if the I2C is off. Problem is, is that when you did plug something into I2C, uh, there would be a little bit of reverse leakage current. Not a lot, but you know, it's you know almost a milliamp, and it was kind of a downer. Um, and I was like, ah, you know, I really want to fix this, so I, I did fix it in um, this version, which we've got here, uh, and it's running a little test right now. Every second, it turns on, and I know it's on because it uh, turns on the white NeoPixel, um, and you can also see the PM2.5 turns on and um, this OLED turns on, and then it goes into a cycle of one second of power, like full power, one second of a light sleep. That's a sleep that you can um, restore state out of, so it's like not super deep. It's just enough that it's like, you're saving a lot of power, the ESP32-S2 isn't running, you know, the I2C isn't on, the NeoPixel's on, but you can jump back into um, your program state with whatever settings you have. You do have to re, connect Wi-Fi, but like you're at least not beginning from the you know beginning of your program. You have all your state and your memory. And then a deep, deep sleep where um, you're at minimal, minimal power, but uh, to, to get out of it, you have to perform a hard reset. So you do start over again. And we've used that uh, super, super deep sleep state on the ESP32-S2 with the MagTag. Um, that's how you can have it run for a month, you know, every day turning on, you know, getting the weather, getting a, a joke from Reddit. Uh, and then going back to sleep for a full day and, and, and being able to last a month on um, you know a fairly small battery. So let's look at the uh, PPK. I'm using a PPK to run this. This is the Nordic PPK, it's the power monitor, which is a great power monitor. One thing I really like about this power monitor, it's small. I mean, I like the Monsoon, 
Um, don't get me wrong, it's a very high quality power monitor, but uh, you know, having to get the monsoon out, it's kind of like he's on the desk and then the power supply. I mean, it's a much bigger thing. This is, you know, um, straightforward, but, uh, you know, not as expensive. Um, maybe doesn't do as much stuff uh, with, with power supply modeling, but it works great. You know, you just, um, I just made a little power cable here that connects from the control output and plugs it into the battery. And I just have it simulate a 3.7 volt. Um, power supply. So let's go to the computer. Um, turn on live view. So you can see uh, here it's, you know, it turns on. You can see the power supply kicking in. Um, you know, to, to start up the fan on the PM 2.5 and, and charge up the OLED, there's this huge spike to 100 milliamp as you're charging up the capacitors, you're charging up the power supply, you're spinning up the motor. Uh, and then it gets down to, um, you know, running about, you know, maybe 40, 40 milliamps or so, maybe 20 milliamps of um, run. That's not with Wi-Fi. That's just like, you know, kind of just doing some basic Arduino stuff. Um, and this is a light sleep. So this is a sleep where uh, it's, uh, you know, 1 milliamp or so, maybe 1.5 milliamps. Again, you can restore state. And then uh, down here you see the uh, deep sleep, so it's 80 microamps, which is pretty good, um, considering I think the ESP32-S2 has, uh, you know, quiescent of like maybe 30 or 40, and then um, there's two regulators, and there's also like 20 microamps a piece, something, something, whatever, 80 microamps, basically under 100 microamps, which is, um, in my opinion, very, very good. Um, you know, uh, you're gonna you're gonna be happy with that less than a tenth of a, of a milliamp, you'll be able to run for a long time. And this is without, a lot of low power engineering. I'm not using a special low quiescent power LDO because I can't get it. So I'm just using kind of a standard AP2112. But I'm um, very happy with it. So I'm, you know, reordering the PCBs and um, I'm happy enough with this that I feel like, okay, I can, you know, release this uh, into the wild now. So um, that's good. All right. So any questions before I move on no, to the next thing? Okay. So the next thing is. Um, I was working on a feather, and you came up with a name for it. It's called the Scorpio. Uh, Scorpio is probably going to be the name. Yeah, so this is a um, RP2040 board that is very PIO-focused. Um, and the goal of this board is to be able to drive eight addressable LEDs um, with high-speed PIO, because that's kind of like the thing that the RP2040 does, and take advantage of all that RAM that the RP2040 has, so you can like do massive DMA buffers, um, and it also happily does it, you know, in a PIO, you don't even, and I think you don't even need a timer. Maybe you need like one timer for like all eight, um, which is wonderful. And the DMA is all handled internally in the PIO structure. Um, so this is the board. Let's look at the top traces. So here I've got, you know, it's basically the RP2040 feather without the SWD connector. Cause like. Nobody really ended up using it. You know, I put it on there because I was like, oh, people are going to debug. And it turns out kind of like people didn't really do the debugger much. They, they were happy to use CircuitPython or Arduino, which is not um, debugger friendly. Um, so you've got the uh, power supply and uh, USB and battery. Um, the, you know, the crystal regulator, battery charger for the RP2040 chip. Uh, here's the boot chip. Um, there's a vertical I squared C, so you can, you know, like the TFT uh, 
ESP32 S2 Feather. You can plug in I squared C. I got the diode in here so you can use the boot button as a user button. Um, and uh, what's interesting is actually like every GPIO gets used because to do the eight um, addressable NeoPixel strands all at once with PIO, the pins have to be consecutive. Like they can't, you can't have it be like PIO like one, pin one, then pin four, pin six, and pin 10. It has to be like two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. It doesn't have to be on a byte boundary. So it doesn't have to start with zero or eight or 16 or 24 on the GPIO map, but it does have to be consecutive. And given that I wanted to make sure that these GPIO pins, like five, six, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, were the true GPIO pins, because as I found out, like when we first started doing RP2040 stuff, I thought there would be more pin remapping because I'm really into pin remapping. Turns out nobody else is into pin remapping except for me. Um, and so I have to kind of back off from doing uh, all the pin remapping stuff. Um, so I wanted to make sure that like pin five is really pin five and, and pin four is pin four. And um, you know, these analog pins are analog pins, um, but 25 and 24 are like the real pins. So um, everything got kind of tight, uh, but here is the level shifter and um i even stuck some very small uh series resistors just to kind of reduce any ringing from um long strands of wire that could early neopixels could get damaged if you had a, a spiky power supply and you didn't have a little bit of resistance in there to to keep the um you know keep it from from the inductance of the wire from from creating a little bit of a spike um so there's a little bit of resistance there and then there's the two by eight header at the end here with eight uh, outputs and uh, eight grounds to match. So that's the, that's the design. And then Phil, Mr. Lady Ada came up with the name Scorpio. Cause it, I don't try to ruin it. Why it's called Scorpio. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, in some future shows, we'll go into how we find some of these names, but maybe hint it's, it's like this part. Yeah. yeah. PIL maybe. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's the design. Any okay. questions about this one? No, well, do you want to generally just say what PIO is for people? Oh, PIO is this, uh, it's a programmable state machine that runs within the RP2040 that's dynamically reprogrammable. Um, so you can get assembler speed data bit banging, um, but dynamically and um, in even faster, it's like faster than assembly because you can push things out in one cycle. Um, and uh, you know all the demos you've seen with like HDMI or Ethernet being bit banged on the RP2040, it's all done with uh, the PIO peripheral. Just it's it was basically a hack so that you didn't. Um, uh, there's a lot of peripherals that weren't included on the on the RP2040 like I2S. Instead, they're like here's how you implement I2S or PDM with uh, a PIO state machine, and there's eight of them. Okay. All right, do you have a great search for this week? Yes, so um, let's go into the great search. Okay. It's going to be the little guy. Where in the world is that part I need? The great search with DJ Key. The great search brought to you by Edward and DigiKey, where Lydia uses all of her powers of engineering every week to show you how to find the things in the world on digikey.com perhaps the biggest best place to get electronic components in the world we think anyways any who 
Lady Ada, what is this week's great search? Okay, so this week's great search is while I was designing, you know, whatever I was designing, that's kind of what makes it into the great search. Because I was like, I'm actually searching for this and I should do it. Um, this week's great search is a eight channel um, buffer transceiver, non-inverting, that I added onto um, the Scorpio feather that will convert three volt, one megahertz signal, so fairly fast um, signals from about three, 3.3 volts safely up to five volts. That's the five volt signal comes from the USB line. The microcontroller runs on 3.3. I want the output to be five volts. I can't run the microcontroller at five volts. I run the microcontroller at three volts. I output the signal and I buffer it up and out um, into a pretty uh, five volt level signal. And I want a eight channel buffer that does this uh, nicely and cleanly. So let's go to the computer. All right. Okay. So this is my schematic. These are my signals coming in, eight signals. Um, I'm using, I, I, th there's actually a couple chips that do eight channel. There's like literally buffers. This is technically a transceiver. Um, the 74HC245. Um, and most importantly is I need it to be really small. Uh, sometimes, you know, for example, if I, uh, let me just for fun's sake, I'll show the TSOP. The TSAP would not have fit. <laughs> so this would be uh, the TSAP version. And, uh, you know, I'm already using 0402 resistors. There really, there was no space. I had to go down um, to a QDFN. Uh, and thankfully, there are QDFNs of 74 series logic. Um, but I never showed, you know, I talked a little bit about like, NOR gates a while ago, but I never showed um, how I spec this transceiver because... You know, the 74 just means like it's a logic, it's a family, the TI logic family. 245 is the name of the eight channel um, transceiver, non-inverting transceiver. But the AHT, AHCT, hold on. It is the AHCT actually all sort of stands for stuff. And you, and you can't necessarily swap out different versions. Um, the AHC is, I think, high speed, and uh, A, I think, means it can um, run from three to five volts and can take up to, uh, it can take voltages that are above the VCC if necessary. So it's, it's got that, can uh, go from three volt to five volts or five volts down to three volts. And the T is transistor level input. If you get the AHT, oh, sorry, if you get the AHC, version um, that is CMOS and when you add the T it's transistor level logic and I'll show you in the data sheet uh, why you want transistor level logic that's actually a uh, hat tip to uh, Paul S from PJRC uh, you you can get away with running the non-T version but it is good taste and it's the same price to use the transistor level uh, logic version because it does it does make a difference you know if your voltages are a little marginal it can make a difference okay so let's go to um, the DigiKey. That's the French site? Yes, <laughs> sorry, the DigiKey. Yeah. And I want to look for a um, buffer, oh sorry, buffer transceiver. Receiver, I before E, E before I. Did I spell it right? Yeah, so there is a whole section called um, Interface, drivers, receivers, transceivers. They're all kind of the same thing, kind of, sort of, maybe. You know, again, I happen to know that I want the 245 series, 
But I'm showing how you could kind of like reverse figure that out. Okay, so for this, uh, it's going to be an active design, so I only want um, active parts. It needs to be small, so I only want uh, surface mount, and I'm going to apply. Um, next up, I only want stuff that's normal stocking, and I'm going to, for now, just exclude marketplace products. So that just kind of reduces it. And then I thought I clicked active, but... Maybe I didn't. I'll say that the new thing where it previews the things for you before it does them has confused me a little bit. Okay. Um, I think... Oh, you know what? I'm actually in the wrong section. There are two places. I went to drivers and transceivers. I meant to go to buffers and transceivers. Silly me. Um, sorry. That was interface. So you've been learning something from me. I went to interface drivers, transceivers. What I meant to go is logic, buffers, uh, receivers, and transceivers. So silly me. But um, now we're here. And yeah, now you're seeing their 74 series logic here. So yes. Okay. So again, I'm going to go for active. And I'm going to go for normally stocking. And I'm going to exclude marketplace okay great so next up uh, i want non-inverting uh inverting of course flips things over but i don't want that i want signal in to be signal out so i'm going to select buffer and transceiver both non-inverting exactly the opposite of what i just clicked which is ironic um okay uh so next up i want uh surface mount and now we're... So technically a transceiver, um, the data can go either way. Uh, so you could use a buffer. Um, but in this case, one thing I want to do is I want to get to have eight bits of data. And it can be a little confusing, I'll say, because sometimes there's, there's two things here. There is um, number of elements and that goes from one to eight, and then there's number of bits per element, and that goes one to 10. And you might be like, well, how do, do I want one element with eight bits or eight bits with one element? You try both. In this case, I had already looked it up. So I want one element with eight bits, which is a little confusing. So let me apply that. Okay, so now you're seeing, we're seeing a lot of uh, 245s, because that's kind of the classic part number for the 8-bit non-inverting um, transceiver. Okay, so next up, um, remember I wanted to have that small um, package. The TSOP was too big. So normally I'm not as picky about the package, but um, this time I'm skipping over all the TSOPs and the TFSOPs. And I'm going straight for the 20 QFNs. And I'll say they're actually aren't a ton of um, QFN options, but the QFN, you know, it's going to be much, much smaller. It doesn't have legs. Uh, a lot of the 74 series logic, of course, started as dip, moved to SOIC, then SSOIC, and then, you know, you can sometimes get it in BGA, um, or in this case, DFN. Um, so last step, I'm going to do the voltage supply. Now, remember, it's 
The microcontroller is three volts, but I want to output five volts. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna power the buffer with five volts. I feed it three volt logic. Whatever it's powered by is the output signal. So um, I'm going to make sure that this can be powered by up to 5.5 or six volts. And this is where it's like, it gets really limited. So there's really only like a dozen options now. And then let's just look at the ones that are in stock. So now there's only 10. And I messed something up, hold on. Okay. Um, so now there's a couple different versions here. There's like the VHC, the AHC, the HC, the HCS, HCV, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, what I'm saying is I'm going to be using the HCT. And the reason for that is if you go to the data sheet, and this data sheet covers both the AHC and the AHCT version. Again, HC, CMOS, HCT is uh, transistor TTL logic. Um, and if you look at the, okay, this is the HCT245, um, the high level input logic is two volts, you can see right here, and if you go up to the AHC, the non-T version, it's CMOS, so the voltage input level is going to be much higher. The, like, the requirement for it to register is high. If you power it from 5 volts, it technically wants you to give it at least 3.8 volts logic, which if you're running a 3-volt logic, you're not going to get. Now, I'll say because I've, I'm a, a naughty person, um, and I'm going to get coal in my stocking, except I, I'm not because <laughs> I'm, I'm Jewish. But if I was, you shouldn't assume that your HC logic will be happy uh, with a voltage lower than 3.8. The datasheet specs it at 3.8. It wants 3.8. If you're giving it 3.3, it's going to likely work, so like, don't freak out. But the right thing to do if you're specking the part, and it's the same price anyways, is to go for the AHC-T version, which has the TTL logic input, which means that the logic input level is the same no matter what the voltage is, and then maybe one day we'll cover the difference between CMOS and TTL logic. Trade-off, uh, use a lot more power on the TTL logic input. So uh, downside, but if you're driving eight strands of NeoPixels from this board, you don't care about power because one NeoPixel uses more power than this transceiver. So not a problem. So um, this part is quite nice and better off, it's in stock. Best of all, it's in stock. Yeah. So I ordered a bunch of these. Um, and uh, there's a couple, again, there's like the VHCT maybe. There's, there could be others that also have, uh, can be driven off of five volts and can take a lower voltage, but I don't remember all of them. I do know that this one will work, so I'm, I'm happy to purchase it. Uh, and if it ever runs out of stock, I can always look at alternatives. That's great search. I got to get you out of here, lady. I know. We've been on trains, planes, and automobiles. So we'll see everybody during the week. Thank you so much for supporting this cool, interesting, weird art project we like to call Adafruit. We'll see everybody during the week. Thanks for joining us on Desk of Lady Ada. Don't Bye, forget. Everybody.
We still have pink feathers in stock. We do. So if you want to order from Adafruit, you want a free this is it. feather. Get them, get them, get them. They're going to be gone soon again. They're going to be gone in like two days. Yes. Bye. Bye.